This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. We're at AMI Main Campus right here in Toronto. Wherever you're listening in around the world, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys, for giving us your time. Maybe you're listening over there at AMI.ca where you can live stream AMI-audio and check out the program that way. Tune in Radio, OO Tunes, excellent apps in which to enjoy the program as well. Whatever way you're consuming the show, thanks a lot. Really wonderful to have you around wherever you're listening in around the world and taking some time for Kelly and Company. Brock Richardson with me. I'm Kelly McDonald, host of the program. And we invite in, who's actually, I can't say out west, not today, he's usually in Edmonton, but uh, Jim Crisco is here for our regional content report. I am my content development specialist from Edmonton. James, welcome. Well, thank you. And thanks, uh, guys, for uh, arranging such nice weather for me because I left extremely cold weather and came to <laughs> extremely decent weather out here. Did you guys have snow yet there? Oh, we have lots of snow. Yeah, we have wow. quite quite a bit of snow already, and apparently it was in the minus 30s to minus 40 Yikes. yesterday. Ugh. Isn't that the the cold that makes the plains louder? That was something, uh, Jim, I don't know if it was you or, or maybe... Um, I don't remember. It was somebody who worked in the uh, the Edmonton office years ago, uh, or maybe even our old uh, Calgary office. But I remember being told one day that, oh, yeah, when it's so cold, the planes pass over and it sounds like they're just above your head. Well, and the, the roads are noisier, too. There's like a, a, a crunch of frost or something on the no- r- roads. So when you're driving, it sounds a lot louder wow. as well. Jeez. <laughs> well, you know what, Jim? We're glad that you have quieter roads. And the planes sound like they're actually 30,000 feet up. Well, okay, maybe the ones landing are a little closer. But uh, I'm glad you don't have to experience any of that. And we are going to talk a little bit about cold because this first item you have is an incredible one. Uh, Let's start over there in Calgary where they've got the first accessible outdoor community rink. This rink just opened. Tell us a little bit about it, Jim. Yeah, this is really cool. We've kind of discussed it in the past because they were building it. The community got together and uh, the typical life of a of a community rink, an outdoor rink in that area is about 30 years. So their old rink was miling out. And they decided, well, when we do this new one, let's do it completely accessible so that we can have, um, you know, accessible ice. We can have sledge hockey on it. Uh, we, you know, they, they really, really did it up well. So the Parkdale community in Calgary uh, put together the, or, or fundraised and and. and ended up building this rink. It has uh, wider bench doors so that persons with using mobility devices can easily get in and out, fully accessible washrooms, locker rooms, and areas where players can change from their wheelchair to their sleds. It has the, uh, the plexiglass in the, uh, uh, in the walls of the, of the rink and the, in, in the uh, sides so that, you know, there's full visibility uh, it, it's really, really set up very well, and um, and what they also did is they it was certified as gold rating. So it's the first first rink. Well, this is the first accessible rink in Alberta, and it's uh, it's an accessible rink that is uh, certified gold under the Rick Hansen Foundation Accessibility Cert- Certification, with a score of eighty eight out of a hundred points. Nice. Oh, Jim, I didn't even know. I mean, I know we talk and we've had the folks on 
from Rick Hansen before, and we talk about so many facility spaces uh, that are getting the gold standard. But to think about something just as important, an accessible rink, and to help people say, well, what makes that accessible? Oh, let's pull it up here online and see so many star examples like this. Uh, this is another win-win as we're seeing so many accessible uh, baseball fields or, 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 or rinks like this opening across the country. Absolutely. And, you know, there is something about, uh, and, and I'm not sure if it happens as much out here because clearly your t- your climate is a little bit milder than ours. But in the West, there's a real uh, a sense of, of community at the outdoor rinks. Yes. Uh, many, many communities have outdoor rinks of some form. And people go out and they play shinny hockey or they just go out for a skate or, you know, they hang out outdoors and... Uh, there's even some, you know, in, in Edmonton, a very popular tournament in minor hockey is an outdoor tournament that happens over the Christmas season. So there, there's an awful lot of, of sort of community gathering at the local ranks. So when you make it fully accessible like this one, you're really including the whole community. And, you know, already the, the, the sledge hockey program is really starting to take off, uh, even more so than it was before in, in Alberta. Uh, and I'm sure in other prairie prairie uh, cities and uh, towns, and it's it's nice to to be able to offer a place for them to play and practice and and get good and maybe you know maybe they want to play for fun maybe they want to try to make the the the, the national team it doesn't matter as long as you you're out there and enjoying yourself uh, and have a place to do it. Wow, Brock, nothing makes you feel better but a brand new facility. No, there's always that. Um you know, new feel of a new facility, and you, you got to love that. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, they've gotten such a good rating. Now, my mind, of course, went to the, wonder what happened to the other 12% that didn't uh, <laughs> didn't didn't make it a full 100, but that's, that's just me being, being a little bit uh, facetious I, at the same time. I, I think what happened, uh, Brock, is that they have... Calgary Flames logos on it, so oh, that knocks yeah. a few. Ooh, there you go. I'm you kidding. were waiting for it. All uh, my friends in Calgary. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, sticking in Calgary, uh, Alberta has developed a device which is helping mobility challenged kids turn their thoughts into actions. I love this. How does this device work? Well, this is a, a this is a, a device that's being worked on by the University of Calgary and the University of Alberta. Um, University of Alberta is in Edmonton, so they're working on it uh, in tandem, and uh, they're developing what they call Think to Switch. So it's Think Number Two Switch, uh, and what it does is it allows a child with complex physical needs to control and operate devices with their brains, and it is super cool. It is, uh, you know, there's other technology. There, this technology is being worked on in a number of different. Uh, um, areas and in, in, I believe in even gaming and stuff like that. But this is the first one that is is attaching brain waves, actual uh, brain waves, to uh, you know it might be a light switch, it might be uh, a, a radio, it, it, it to different devices, so they can be controlled fully with thought. Uh, and you know, there, there's a, a, a family in here, um, a six-year-old Calgary girl um, with cerebral palsy and her family uh, was just talking about, you know, what a what a kind of a game changer it is uh, to allow her uh, to be able to, to access these devices, um, participate in different things, 
uh, now that 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 technology is available. And, you know, with the certainly the, the people working on it in the two universities, this is only going to get better. I mean, they're, you know, it's in development, but I'm sure it's only going to become broader in what can what applications it can have. So it's great to hear. As somebody who uh, lives with Mobility Challenge, and I grew up, you know, in a manual wheelchair, and there was nothing worse than relying fully on someone else to 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 bring you places or to do something. So any level of independence uh, that somebody can get just gives them that ability to kind of feel life, feel what life is like. And just to think, you know, brainwaves is the thing that creates that independence for somebody who is really uh, challenged in life. You know, just, just to give them that little bit of independence, Jim, is always something that... Uh, you can look for, and we we talked about it earlier. Technology has advanced in such a way that it's so easy now. Oh, we'll just do this via brainwaves. No big deal, and that's it. Uh, absolutely, and you know, as, as you're saying, through the advancement of technology and and the new applications, and uh, this, it, you know, hopefully, it won't take too long before this becomes just second nature, just another um, tool, another device, another. Uh, thing to be used by the community and and uh, absolutely it's it's really wonderful to hear and it's also uh, pretty exciting and amazing stuff happening awesome Jim let's scoot over to Manitoba while we have a couple of moments left uh, where a woman was told by two different ride share drivers that they wouldn't allow her guide dog in the car bring us up to speed on the gym what do we usually say more of this nonsense huh absolutely you know I would love to stop talking about this, but it just continues to happen. And I think that you have to, hopefully the more you get the word out, the more the right people will hear and understand that a guide dog is allowed everywhere uh, that is, you know, whoever they accompany, they're allowed anywhere that person is allowed. And it's not a pet. It's, uh, it's, you know, a mobility aid. It's a, uh, it, it just, it just frustrates me. And this lady, this, uh, her name is Veronica Kenya. Um, she had two different in a row, two, uh, drivers from, uh, from a rideshare service that told her, uh, that they wouldn't, wouldn't take her because of the dog. And even one of them, I believe referred to saying that we don't take pets and, you know, clearly at that point, it's an education issue. But keep in mind, this is in Winnipeg and not picking someone up can have dire consequences, mm. uh, you know, this time of year. Same yeah. as in Edmonton or same as in a lot of prairie cities. We're not talking about middle of summer where you can just wait comfortably for another ride to show up. So it wasn't until the third ride uh, from from this service that she finally got a driver that accepted her. So what she's going to do, uh, and really kind of the only only thing you can do at this point, uh, if you want to take it to the next level, is uh, is to actually submit it as a human rights complaint, yep. um, which she is going to do, and good for her, because it's the only way things are going to change. It's so ridiculous that continually, continually we hear this, and I get it. A driver could sit there, well, I taught that, I didn't know any better, and, and could try that. But you know you're not going to be long working because if we could just slap those hands of the rideshare, say, train these people. 
Jim, as usual, thank you kindly, sir. Really appreciate everything you do on Kelly and Company. Uh, and we'll talk to you later. Uh, our uh, content development specialist, join us on the program Wednesdays and Fridays. Coming up in the next hour, we learn how to deal with inflation in our monthly conversation with a certified financial planner, Ryan Chin, and reporter Garrett Hardy. He's back on the program with quirky stories for us on What in the World. In a moment, Bill Shackleton, as he swaps off with Jim, slides into Studio One to join us for the bus. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.